You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Steven Pianovich. It's Thursday, October 18th. Penn State and Indiana meet this weekend. We're going to have a, a big preview show about the Hoosiers tomorrow, so keep your eyes out for that if you're looking for a little a little more Hoosier talk. I am excited for today's show because we're going to talk about a, a fun you know, Penn State-adjacent subject uh, a little later in the show. It involves what Big Ten coach you would want on your side in a brawl. We're going to have Big Ten writer Ryan Donnelly, who tweeted about this and brought this to my attention on the show later. We're going to do a draft. Uh, We're each going to pick four Big Ten coaches that we would want uh, to to fight in an Anchorman-style brawl and would would win that fight in a street fight. This all came up because uh, Derek Mason of Vanderbilt and Dan Mullen of Florida got in a shouting match last week, and then the SEC Network had its top five SEC coaches that, that they think would be good in a fight. Uh, and then I saw Ryan tweet about it, and uh, he was uh, nice enough, gracious enough to say yes to coming on our podcast here. So we're going to talk about that uh, in the second and third portion of today's show. But we will start with a mainly just a, a solely a Penn State topic. It is our big question of the week. So I'm going to dive right into it here. This week's big question of the week for Penn State what makes a successful 2018 season? Uh, this question comes after two very disappointing losses. Penn State sits at four and two halfway through its regular season schedule. So where and, and like maybe that's not the most surprising thing. I think a lot of people have picked this team to go nine and three or, or eight and four or ten and two somewhere in, in one of those three boxes before the season started. Maybe more optimistic fans thought eleven and one or, or even twelve and zero was possible, but I think more more people probably thought nine and three or ten and two was what this team was going to do, and uh, it has been disappointing in the way this team has gotten to four and two because they could just as easily be six and zero or at least five and one, uh, and uh, so it, it it brings it up. What makes a successful twenty eighteen for Penn State? Now that the college football playoff hopes are gone and the Big Ten title hopes are virtually gone, and uh, they've gone away quite quickly. It's been a tough few weeks. A lot of similarities. This is weeks that happened last year. But with last year, when they lost to Ohio State and Michigan State, you knew that Penn State was probably going to finish 10-2. and They were 7-2 and at that point, and their three games left for Rutgers, Nebraska, and Maryland. It didn't seem like they were going to lose any of them. They did not. This year, you don't know. Uh, Penn State's four and two. They could. They have three very tough games remaining on the schedule for this team. They have Iowa, who has been sneaky good, now in the top twenty-five, right next to Penn State at nineteenth. Wisconsin, who looked lousy on Saturday at Michigan, but has a terrific offensive line and great running back. And then you have Michigan. You're playing on the road in Ann Arbor against, unless Michigan slips up this week against Michigan State. Probably a top 10, maybe even a top 7, top 6 team when Penn State goes out there to Ann Arbor. So 
obviously, I think if Penn State wins six games and gets to 10 and two in the regular season, that's a success. And I don't think anyone would argue with that. I think you would look back and say, yes, those two weeks in late September and early October were tough. But wow, look at the way this team came together at the end and regrouped, rebounded, and won all these games. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I think if this team can get to 10 wins, even if the 10th comes in a bowl game, that is a successful season as well. So even if you go 9-3 and three and you drop that game to Michigan or you beat Michigan and you slip up against Wisconsin or Iowa or, or whatever, maybe even Maryland, who knows. I think if they get to 10 wins, even the 10th win is in a bowl game. So if it comes in a New Year's, a New Year's Six Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or the Outback Bowl or whatever, if you get to 10 wins, I think that's still a very nice milestone and it means that this team played better at the end of the year than it did in the middle there. And uh, because we, we and I talked about this going into the season, Penn State has only once in its history won 10 games in three, at least 10 games in three straight seasons. So this would be the third, Penn State obviously with 11 wins in the last years. Penn State has also never won 11 games in three straight years. So if they were able to somehow win seven games uh, in the rest of the 2018 season, that would be uh, history. It would make history for this program. Um, but if you're looking for a number, I think it's 10, even if 10 isn't a bowl game, because that, that would mean a lot. But I, I don't think it's just a number. If you're looking at this from a standpoint of, of a successful season, it is more than just win total and who they lost to and who they beat. I think it is, as long as this team is better, like if, if there's in a significant difference in how much better these young players and these first-time starters and these freshmen and sophomores who are getting a lot of time are in November versus where they are now or where they were in September, I think that is also a very, very big part of this because many of these guys are going to be back next year. Yeah, Trace McSorley is going to be gone. The offense will look different a little bit with the new quarterback. But man, a lot of those people around him, assuming Miles Sanders comes back, assuming Juwan Johnson comes back, and then on the defensive side, they're going to bring back a lot of that team. They'll lose a few pieces in the secondary, but they'll bring back a lot of that defensive line that's been very good. And they have a chance to be a very good team next year, too. And I get that's not, you don't want to be looking ahead in the middle of October. But I think just in terms of growth for the program and a successful season, it's, you know, Micah Parsons looks like he could be an all Big Ten player next year. If you're saying that, in November, that's really good. That helps this season become a success. So if you can have those types of conversations and keep moving these players and these units in the right direction, it has seemed like the defense has gotten better, albeit not so much in the in crunch time in the fourth quarter of these last two games, but just compared to the defense that was giving up huge chunk yards to App State and Illinois in September, they've looked a little bit better here against Ohio State in the first couple quarters and against Michigan State for the first 58 minutes. So if those things combine, if Penn State, if those guys look better and Penn State is getting significantly better as a team where you see where you can point out improvements and they get to, even if it's only, if they only get to nine wins or eight wins in the regular season, the ninth win in a bowl game, if they go nine and four and they have a nice bowl win and they look really good. Is that a success? I think so uh, at this point. And that is that is me saying this in the middle of October, not me saying this in the beginning of September. So kind of have to adjust your expectations 
for the rest of the season. And, uh, it, it, and it, it, there is still a lot to play for it. Penn State can still get to the Rose Bowl. We talked about that earlier uh, this week with John McGonigal from the Center Daily Times joining the show. Penn State still has a chance to win the Rose Bowl or to get to the Rose Bowl and win the Rose Bowl if they win out. And this team might, maybe they'll play a little bit better, be a little bit looser without this pressure on them that they had in the last couple of weeks. Because you look at those three games, those three big games, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan are all going to have more on the line. Iowa and Wisconsin are now both fighting for the Big Ten West title because they each have one loss in conference play. And Penn State can end up deciding the Big Ten West. Michigan is back in the conversation for a college football playoff spot. And and they they could win. They, they might run the table in the Big Ten and win the Big Ten. So there's going to be uh, chances for both teams to uh, – those teams to have a little bit more riding for it and Penn state, maybe play, play a little bit looser without so much, uh, so much on their shoulders. So maybe that will change things too. We'll see, but what makes success for Penn state in 2018? I think 10 wins and a newer six bowl for sure. That would obviously be a success, but I think there is a little bit more than just the win total. So we will revisit this probably at the end of the season, but it's something to keep in mind over the next few weeks as Penn state starts its second half. All right, that is the big question of the week. Let me know what you think, what makes a success for Penn State. You can tweet at us at LockedOnNittany or me at Spianovich. We're going to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, it's time to talk about Big Ten coaches fighting. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lines is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On, and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app today, use that promo code Locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. All right, I am happy to be joined now by Ryan Donnelly. He's a freelance Big Ten writer. Uh, he's my former coworker at Land of Ten, RIP. Ryan, <laughs> the other day, uh, I saw on Twitter that he, quote, t- tweeted something from the SEC network 
that was asking who are the top five coaches you'd want in a brawl. This all happened because Derek Mason of Vanderbilt verbally was in a, a, a shouting match with Dan Mullen of Florida. So it, he and Ryan simply asked, please have me on your podcast or something like who wants to have me on their podcast to talk about what Big Ten coaches would do well in a fight. And here we are. We are sitting here to now talk about Big Ten coaches fighting. Ryan, thank you so much for the idea and for joining me. Oh, man, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this, too. Um, mostly because I just want to compare and contrast SEC styles, too, here. You know, we're not <laughs> going to have a, you know, have an SEC fight. You had Todd Grantham, uh, the Florida Rental Coordinator, uh, screaming obscenities, acting like he was like a, a bullfight over there. He was about to charge. He saw red. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to think of the Big Ten as more of like um, some like very stupid like 1830s duel where like Andrew Jackson yeah. takes three bullets and keep walking. <laughs> it's like at the honor of the conference. So it's going to be fun to talk about to see who is um, who is possibly the worst uh, <laughs> the worst Big Ten fighter, the best Big Ten fighter. I'm great. To, uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm thinking like the Big Ten is more of like that like old like bare knuckle boxing like you see like those posters of the guys wearing the shorts like up to their up to their nipples and like have their uh knuckles the Kylo ready to go. Red yeah, the Kylo pretty- Red yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so what we're gonna do is we are gonna draft teams of four from the uh we'll go with the 13 big 10 coaches that are currently coaching right now the head coaches uh we will draft teams of four and uh this is basically like you're drafting in case uh, these four guys got into an Anchorman-style brawl against the other guys uh, in the Big Ten. Um, So, Ryan, it was your idea, and I know you already have your eyes on who you want to take at number one overall, so just go ahead and make your first pick. Yeah, man, it's got to be Pat Fitzgerald. Um, One, that dude's huge. He's just like a massive human being, and his neck is like the size, I feel like, of some other coaches' thighs is important. Um, but also he has kind of that, like, um, kind of like that entitled dumb guy, uh, like aura around him or like he talks about like communism about football. It just seems like mm-hmm. he's like, has that kind of thing where you can punch him in the head as many times as you want and you won't really feel it. So I'm really excited about Pat Fitzgerald to be the anchor of my team here. Um, going to be great. I'm, I'm pumped about that. Uh, and you gotta love also like, a kind of a dumb coach at a, at a smart school like Northwestern. That's just, just like, he's, he's, I'm sure he's angry all day. So I love that. I, I'm, I want an angry, large man to start off my team. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. And I think like a lot of these coaches are, are quarterbacks uh, from their days. And Pat Fitzgerald was a two-time, maybe not two-time Buckus winner. But I think he did win the Buckus one time as a linebacker at Northwestern. So yeah, if you can get someone like that, that's a, that's a very solid pick. Um, so you get I'm next gonna, two, right? Are we doing snake order? Uh, I'll just no. We can just go back and forth. I'm fine with that. Okay. I I believe in myself as a as a drafter <laughs> that I don't need to do it like that. I'm gonna pick Scott Frost. I want the young guy. I want someone who's energized. Scott Frost is out there practicing with UCF last year. I know he's winless at Nebraska, so maybe you know he has nothing to lose anymore these days. He has to go prove himself. He hasn't proved himself on the sideline this year, so he'll be hungry to prove himself in a brawl. Scott Frost is like, I don't know, 43. He's young. He's uh, he's pretty pretty jacked. I would not want to mess with Scott Frost. And uh, he seems like he could be an angry dude if, if you if you get on the wrong side of him. I'm taking Scott Frost yeah. first overall. 
He's like a young Kyle Whittingham. That's a good pick. He scares me a little bit, too. I would not want to mess with him. Yeah, uh, any no guy that looks like he has frosted tips in 2018 is not to be trifled with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> um, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to go a different tack here. My pick is not the biggest guy in the world, but he might be the craziest guy in this list. You just look him in the eyes. Um, I've got Chris Ash, man. He, he, he needs momentum to save his job. Obviously, it's going terrible for Rutgers. Um, he just looks like he'd like fight a raccoon if took his trash for some reason. Um, so I really respect that just pure lunacy of Chris Ash. And, uh, yeah, that's my pick, man. I'm, I'm picking him, and maybe he'll coordinate the defense, too. You never know. Well, yeah, a little, a little dark horse pick there, Chris Ash. <laughs> I, I, I don't know a ton about him, but, yeah, he does seem like he, he's also pretty young, too. A lot of these guys are probably on the – there's a good mix around, like, 45, and Chris Ash is right in there. Mm-hmm. I can see him. I can see him uh, kind of losing it on you for sure. <laughs> All right, with my next pick, I'm taking Jeff Brom. Simply for the yeah. fact that he was in the XFL, that's that's all you need. <laughs> I would I would not want to fight any dude who played in the XFL. No shot. I don't know. I, I don't even remember a ton about the XFL, but I know that it was a weird thing. And Jeff Brom has seen some stuff, and uh, he's a pretty big dude too for being an old quarterback. He has he has, and he has some innovative ideas, you know, with his offenses. So maybe he has some innovative brawl tactics as well. We'll get back to the Big Ten coaches brawl a draft in just a minute here but first we have to step away for a quick break stay with us on locked on nittany lions i'm gonna steal this next one out from under your nose here and i'm sorry about it but i gotta take james franklin uh i uh i think he he's not the most jack guy in the big 10 but i think he probably has the best cardio of anybody besides scott frost Mm. he just seems to be the guy who like um like when he's pissed off like riding the treadmill for a couple hours and those kind of guys scare me like he's like uh-huh. a no headphones workout guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, yeah that's I, scary. Yeah, James Franklin is like he's he's self admitted himself that he's nuts and he said he's gonna get even crazier after they lost to Ohio State. So I don't know if that got even worse after the Michigan State game, but maybe it did. Yeah, that's a that's a nice pick. James Franklin in in really good shape and is uh is pretty insane sometimes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Here you go. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to counter that. With Jim Harbaugh, he's like kind of mm. like the like a couple years older than James Franklin, like same kind of idea. Former quarterback, couple pounds heavier, probably a little bit slower. But Harbaugh has some pretty crazy ideas too, and he can he kind of lose it on you. Uh, and Harbaugh just doesn't like to lose. He'd be out here having these. My whole unit will be chugging whole milk and not eating chicken at all. It'll just be raw steak and whole milk before this thing. <laughs> it's gonna be great. That's the recipe for success. And as our, as our former coworker Ryan Ginn pointed out on Twitter today, it feels like Jim Harbaugh could produce a shib at any moment from a person. Uh, he's going to be the guy who brings the trident in this role. So I got to respect <laughs> that. That's definitely a good hustle. I respect that pick. Um, All right, this is the last I, one. I know you started picking between the 13 head coaches here. Does that mean the interim guy, Matt Canada, is off the table? You know, if you want to take Matt Canada, you can take Matt Canada. I kind of forgot about him. I'm going to take Matt Canada because I covered Pitt when Matt Canada was there. And, um, you know, not to be a, you know, a big Jay Journal guy or anything like that, but everyone I've ever talked to says Matt Canada is the kind of guy that would just, like, stab you in the back to advance, like, one step further. And, um, that, you know, that's not the kind of guy I want on my team, but I do want him in a fight with me. So I'm going to take Matt Canada to be, like, my sneaky, like, ninja on my team there. And uh, maybe hope he just gets someone from behind in this weird fight. 
Yeah, he's younger yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's uh, yeah, Matt Canada's had he's he. I I don't know a ton about him. I don't know how how big is Matt Canada. Do you know if he, he's where, like, what he um, played? He's kind of built like James Franklin. Honestly, what the same. He's maybe an inch or two shorter than James Franklin, but like the same kind of body type and build. Um, He's also, he's like one of those guys who went voluntarily bald and shaved his head. You got to factor that in because that's a little intimidating. You know, that's kind of a a certain kind of mentality you need. Yeah. All right. Uh, To round out my team, I'm looking at it right now. I got three quarterbacks. I need, I need some beef. This is the Big Ten. I'm taking Paul Chris, baby. Get him in here. Not the most exciting guy, not the flashiest guy. But he just sometimes you just need a big dude to come in and clean up some messes sometimes, and I think that's what Paul Chris can do. And the good part is, is in the 13th round of the fight, you get Barry Elbert to sub in for him too, which is great. Uh, so you get that just, <laughs> when, when they're fighting in the Rose Bowl against Oregon, for, <laughs> he's gonna be yeah, he'll come right in there. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. So all right, to recap, your team is Pat Fitzgerald, Chris Ash, James Franklin, and Matt Canada. I got Scott Frost, Jeff Brom, Jim Harbaugh, and Paul Christ. I'll put these up on our Twitter page. We'll have people vote on who would win in an Anchorman-style brawl. Um, one thing before we go, I do want to know, if, if who would be the last Big Ten coach that you would pick for a team like this? So I was thinking about this, and I have a clear bottom three. Okay, um, go I, ahead. To pick one. I want you to help me talk through this here. Yeah, yeah. My bottom three – is Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. Tom Allen, and Kirk Ferentz. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I, mean, I, had Dan, I had D'Antonio down there as well, but I... I okay. See, yeah, I feel I, like D'Antonio will, like, has, like, some saving to him where he'll, like, last out of pure spite, you know? Yeah, okay. I think <laughs> I would take Ferentz last just, just because of the age. This is not a disrespect to Kirk Ferentz, but... He's pretty old, and he, he just he's he's a little more frail than the other guys. He's not as big as most of these dudes. I think I'd have to take Ferentz last. Um, if it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it, I'll take Urban last. Because I, you know, here's the thing: I feel good about my squad. I think we'd win, but if we get into a losing effort, you know, all of a sudden he's gonna like bow out for health problems and like quit the fight. We'll be down a man, <laughs> yeah. and I just don't deal with that. Um, so that, okay, I'm gonna take fair. Urban last personally. Can you guess where what position that Kirk Ferentz played in college? I just looked this up. Uh, he was a lineman, wasn't he? Wasn't he a lineman? He was a linebacker. Linebacker, that's what it was. At Man. the University of Connecticut. Who knew? Maybe he's one of those like quiet, tough guys you just don't realize he didn't talk that loud, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he might be. I don't know. He was probably like, I don't, what do you think <laughs> UConn's weight room looked like in 1975? I can't imagine. Uh, that's probably like two power racks. And uh, like a track, if I had to guess, <laughs> with like a, a soda bottle, a two liter soda bottle with a bunch of rocks in it. <laughs> just about, just about, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. And it's probably the same now, right? Yeah, so my husband, the, 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 the results are showing clearly. Um, all right, well, Ryan, thank you so much for, for joining me here to discuss this very important and pressing issue that is uh that is on the minds of pretty much every big 10 football fan out there right now so get the your votes in on, on those we, we had to get the people what they want you know yeah oh it's it's very important hopefully this will this will settle this debate and if our twitter it i think if the twitter poll ends in a 50 50 dead heat then these eight gentlemen will have to fight in real life that's i think they're <laughs> contractually obligated to do that 
Yeah, that uh, Jim Delaney put that in there. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I called him up. I called the Christmas office up. He yeah. confirmed he's good to go. <laughs> so this will be an officially sanctioned WBC bout. Um, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, it's like we have to play, like everyone has to play with these dumb Friday night games. And also if this dumb Twitter poll <laughs> ends in a tile, these guys have to fight each other in some back alley. And it's actually was triggered. This is what I know this. This was actually a clause triggered when Land of Ten closed. So this wouldn't have been possible without Cox Media pointing out. So thanks for that, guys. We appreciate you. All, all uh, the dominoes are falling. You know, it's uh, when one door closes, <laughs> eight Big Ten coaches get in a street fight. <laughs> and that's the title for the podcast. There, there, yeah, there it is. Ryan Donnelly, thank you so much for joining me here. Uh, Best of luck to your to your team out there, and uh, you know next if there ever is a brawl or anything brawl related about Big Ten or Big Ten coaches, I will I will certainly have you right back on this show. Please do. I cannot wait for the follow up. Uh, you know, brawl to Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> count on me if you need me, man. It was great talking with you. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Thank you. All right, so that was our Big Ten coaches brawl draft. I'm looking forward to seeing the results of this Twitter poll and also hearing from you, uh, the fans out there, on what, on who you would want on your side and who you wouldn't want on your side if a street fight broke out among Big Ten coaches. So uh, get your get your thoughts in. You can get us up on uh, hit us up on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. Uh, but that will do it for today's show. We will be back with a fresh episode tomorrow talking about Indiana. So make sure to look out for that. You can also get our daily shows right in your podcast inbox if you subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher we're also now on spotify you can find locked on nittany lines pretty much anywhere you get your podcast also appreciate you uh, leave you leaving us a rating and review that helps us out a lot but yeah we'll be back on friday to talk hoosiers nittany lines i'll talk to you then